0: Okay everybody, buckle your seatbelts because the Michael Finkley Show has a brand new home! The Michael Finkley Show is now a part of the Greater Works Network on Roku TV. To watch, add the Greater Works Network channel to your Roku TV. Congratulations, Finkley!
1: Just to make it Just to make it Just to make it I've been working all my life
0: Just to make it Hello, how are you? <laughs> Welcome to the Michael Hinkley Show Thank you for joining us today and so I was having a conversation with one of my colleagues, and uh, I was telling them about just how I was feeling these past few days. And persons, when you tell a story and you think that you're the only one going through something, but when you talk with your people and just kind of just get to them a little bit, they can kind of relate to you or they're going through something similar or maybe the same thing. And so I was just, I still have a nine to five. I still have a nine to five. And I was just saying to them, I'm like, is this it? Is this all to life meetings and all these different kind of things? Because my ultimate goal is to work for myself, right? I am working for self. And just telling them, I'm like, is this, is this it? You know, is this life? Is this what you call life, right? All the different things that we're just going through, um, just different scenarios and that kind of thing. And I, I just, from that conversation, it just fueled me to work even harder for my goal right i understand that my nine to five is paying it's financing my dream ultimately i know this is not going to be it forever so i have to have to hang in there i have to give still give it all i have 110 percent, to what i'm doing and ultimately i will have that dream of owning my own full time Right, I'll be able to you know sustain myself financially and you know, pay myself and get all the things I need to be in that mode full time for myself. So that's what I learned. And our guest today, even few that for me, even more because these persons are owning their own. Right, they are in their own right, they got tired of what they were doing in the sense of. Uh, working for others And now they are in it full time for themselves And it was just so motivating to hear their stories So today our guests We have Dr. Russell Sabella And Ramon Parata And they get to tell their stories uh, Of success and triumph in owning their own And I am so excited for you to hear them So we'll be right back Coming up Dr. Russell Sabella. We'll be right back.
1: On the next Michael Finkley.
0: Celebrating Valentine's Day here on the Michael Finkley Show. We have marriage and couples counselor, Molly Elizoff. And we have the love guru himself, Byron Jamal. And for our Black History moment, we have the first female president of Benedict College in Columbia, South Carolina, Dr. Roslyn Clark Artis. Next Finkley. Friday. Looking for a mentoring program for your young male between the age of 6 and 18 in Columbia, South Carolina? Well, look no further. Big Homie, Little Homie Mentoring Program is the program for you. Under the leadership of Mr. Jamal Stroud, Big Homie, Little Homie is a 503 nonprofit organization that caters and mentors at risk youth that come from single parent homes. The organization caters to young males between the ages of six and 18 within the Greater Columbia area. The organization is devoted to shaping and molding their life into great men of society. Become a Little Homie organizes male gatherings, discussions, and even educational assistance devoted to guiding and leading them into a positive light. Making a positive attitude will help in transforming life, regardless of what is experienced in life. For more information on Big Homie Little Homie Mentoring Program, visit our social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Our next guest is an um, educator, a counselor, an author, and other other titles as well. But we're going to stop right there. He's none other than Dr. Russell Sabella. Thank you so <laughs> much for being on.
2: Thank you, Michael. It's really a pleasure. I, uh, I've enjoyed your show for a while. I'm sure. Thank
0: you
1: so much. We
0: really appreciate the support. So Dr. Sabella, when, when we think about going to college, we don't major in school counseling. How did this come about for you?
2: Wow, that's a good question. Uh, well, you know, I think early on, even in high school, uh, I always enjoyed classes like psychology and always uh, loved the, the personal aspect of, of history and all those things. Uh, when I got to college, it just turned out it was one of the first classes I took again. So I just kind of kept coming back to it. Um, then I decided, actually, I was pre-med. <laughs> first oh so, yeah i was pretty mad I was doing all that stuff and you know, going through calculus and organic chemistry and and um after a while though i i i wasn't really happy and and i started to kind of want to go back to that whole psychology thing, and, mm-hmm. and then really started discovering that uh, I was more interested in peer pressure uh, than blood pressure, so, mm-hmm. so uh, I always always worked with kids, and so I decided to go into mental health counseling. I focused, mm-hmm. uh, specialized with children, adolescents, uh, but after a couple of years of that, um, really started getting a little burned out. Uh, started to wonder how it is I could be more preventative uh, I, I was uh, uh working with court adjudicated kids. So by that time they're already in the uh juvenile justice system, somewhere in the foster care system. And um, so I thought, God, there's got to be a better way. And then I discovered school counseling. Wow, I could work with parents instead of parole officers. I could <laughs> I could see the kids every day. I could uh I, I really valued education as the number one way to. Uh, provide the mindsets and behaviors that kids need to succeed. And so I fell in love with it. That was, gosh, over 30 years ago, and here we are today.
0: Oh, well, I love it. And we we know that within that profession, they have gone from guidance counselors to now professional school counselors in title and in duties. So um, with that, with that change, What changes have you? What other changes have you seen in this profession?
2: Yeah. Oh my God, Michael. And you're you're right. You know, uh, we we refer to guidance counselor as the G word now. We don't like that.
0: (laughs) The Um, G word. I love it.
2: it, Yeah. It's it's archaic. It's archaic. You know, um, I always tell my students uh, the profession of school counseling really has changed more in the last twenty to twenty five years than in its entire history over a hundred years. And uh, really, uh, the last twenty years have seen. Uh, much more um, planning, much more structure. Uh, and really the American School Counselor Association was the lead in that. Uh, they developed some ways that we could integrate school counseling more as a, a, a vital part of education rather than, you know, it's nice if you have them kind of a deal, an ancillary service. So, so these days, the biggest change is that school counselors focus on all students, not just the ones that need extra help. Mm -hmm. So school counseling is for all students. School counselors are addressing mindsets and behaviors that uh, without school counseling, kids would not get uh, things that they need to know and be able to do, uh, not just academically and not just becoming more college and career ready, but also of course, social and emotionally. So school counselors have a big job. They work with all kids. They have big caseloads. They're in the classroom doing lessons. They're doing individual counseling, small group counseling. They're consulting and conferencing with parents and community members. And so essentially, uh, we've gone from the person to the program. Right. School counselors develop an entire program, comprehensive and collaborative, in order to make all that happen. Mm, oh, yeah.
0: That's definitely true. And another trend that I've seen as well with this profession, and I would love your take on it. What is your take on school counselors and administration?
2: Oh, so like school counselors going into administration?
0: Well, they're, they're classified at some institutions as administrators, so you're what is right. your take on that? You're
2: right, you're right. Yeah, you know, it's really bizarre. Some school counselors are kind of on the same classification as instructional, some are non-structural, some are support services, and then others are administrative. Um, right. You know, I, I, You know, call them whatever you want, classify them however you want, as long as that uh you know their pay is equitable and that that the classification is not interfering in their job roles or responsibilities that's my take Uh, you know i guess the risk is that if you classify them as administrators you give them administrative duties that might be a conflict of interest uh for school counseling for example discipline you know you can't punish a kid and develop a a trusting relationship exactly uh, At the same time. So, you know, you know, if you want to call me administrative, fine, but just don't get in the way.
0: (laughs) Right. And that's always my argument, too. How can you discipline a child and then try to be their friend at the same time? It's it, it doesn't connect. It doesn't connect for me. And so we know that everything in life is driven by by data and also in the profession. Data is very important to a school counselor. So why is that important in
2: school counseling? Yeah. Wow. You've done your homework. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and that's really one of the big changes in the last 20 some years, uh, you know, where it is that we were driven before by the counselor who thought maybe this was a good idea or, uh, the value was in how hard they worked or how many people they reached. Uh, today's school counselor uses data really in three ways. One is to help prioritize decisions. We can't work with all kids at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we've, we've got to work in tiers. Uh, we've got to catch kids you know as soon as they can if they're starting to uh, you know fall fall back whether it's attendance or grades or whatever so uh, counselors use data in order to identify uh, to to really um, prioritize decisions Mm -hmm. and then uh, they're also using data to monitor uh, the impact of what they're doing is what we're doing working we don't want to spin our wheels so more and more school counseling has become evidence-based And then finally, it's accountability. Uh, You know, people don't care what you do. They want to know what difference did you make. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, counselors today are, you know, are working with principals side by side, looking at who's doing what, who got what, and what difference it made uh, when it is that they intervene gotcha
0: gotcha and again very much so important and more effective more so for the counselor to be more effective for our students and our families as well so um doc you moved from actually practicing school counseling to teaching now so why the change
2: i did you know and that was a hard decision and every now and again i i you know i I miss the kids i i tried to go i was a school counselor for a while and, um, you know, I really miss working directly with kids. I do a lot of volunteering, especially with my alumni. Oh, wow. Yeah, I work with uh, my alumni as much as I can, as much as they'll invite me to come in and do some things with them. Uh, but at what point I realized I was pretty good at this and that I could perhaps have a bigger impact training school counselors who can then. So my impact, of course, would be indirect and that maybe I could make a bigger difference that way um and and you look let's face it to be honest uh i also like the flexibility <laughs> I, I, like know. The, I like the autonomy you know i don't have to wait for the, for the bell to go to the bathroom anymore um so there, that's it's it is a bit of a perk sure
0: oh i love it so what what other perks are you seeing especially from your students that you are feeding into now they're wanting to go into this profession what are what are those kind of Things that you're seeing. Well,
2: I got to tell you, first and foremost, it is just a privilege to watch uh, my students grow. Uh, they're in our program, takes them usually three years. It's a rigorous mm-hmm. 50 to 56 credit master's degree. That's a lot. Wow. A- and they're not only learning how to help others uh, get better, but they're getting better themselves in the process. And so um, just to watch them mature and learn and become more confident and professional uh, is just my number one. A wonderful thing to be able to do. and um, the other uh, the other part too is really, um, I, you know I have fun creating and innovating. and so this position gives me the ability to do just that, try to kind of figure out what are the pain points for school counselors and what might be some tips, tricks, and technologies to get around them.
0: Yep, and how's it been doing the pandemic for you?
2: Well, like everybody, you know I'm trying to uh, fight cabin fever, (laughs) trying to, you know, to, you know, go out every once in a while and go go take a walk and camp and, you know, exercise and that kind of stuff. Uh, But otherwise, you know, we do a lot of this stuff online already. Uh, So I don't think I really skipped the beat uh, with uh, working with school counselors all over the country. Um, Many of them, uh, whether it's professional development or Mm -hmm. uh, guest lecturing, I still do a lot of uh, work with kids. In the areas of cyberbullying and digital reputation. So, um, I'll do a lot of uh, student assemblies, but of course, now it's all online. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, we have to pivot in so many ways to, to get the job done. Now, Dr. Sabella, you released an awesome book on last year's solution focused school counseling, The Missing Manual. Please discuss this.
2: Wow, well, yeah, this, uh, this is my last book. Um, and it has been a book 25 years in the making. It was probably about oh 25 my. or plus years ago where I, I discovered the solution focused brief counseling approach, uh, which really started out in marriage and family and then mental health and substance abuse counseling. And, and so uh, back then we were trying to really figure out how does this work with kids. And how does this perhaps work in a school system and so For all of these years, we've practiced, we've tweaked, we've developed, we've researched. um, And there've been some other great books that have come out, uh, but this book was really unique. Uh, I wrote it specifically for school counselors. So I'm not mincing words. There's not a lot of uh, language here that pertains to other professions. It was written for school counselors. And it's really one of the first books that cuts across the entire comprehensive program. So it's not just individual counseling, but how does this solution-focused model work when working with parents, even in leadership and program development, peer helping, so many different group counseling, so many aspects of what school counselors do. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. That is incredible.
0: And yeah. so, what advice would you give to an individual wanting to pursue this as a career?
2: Well, I would say uh, know what you're getting into. And I say that for any career, um, yeah. you know, because uh, this is lifelong learning, this is a commitment. Uh, so do your homework, talk to some school counselors, go to the American School Counselor Association's website, schoolcounselor.org, look at the role statements, position statements, ethical standards, um, d- uh, maybe get a copy of the school counseling national model, uh, do your homework, and then, and then talk to uh, university people like myself uh, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. find out more. Um, and you gotta love kids, you know, and you gotta have a tolerance for, um, ambiguity. You work in an educational system. You don't know what you're going to get from day to day sometimes. You sure don't. And so gotta, you got to, you got to know how to <laughs> roll with the flow. You really do.
0: Oh, that's great advice. <laughs> that is great. Advice. At the same time,
2: you know, it's what I love. I've always loved, uh, right. spice. Uh, yeah, I don't want, you know, I love knowing, not knowing what's coming next sometimes. And it, you know, it's fun. Um, I think my favorite time was a middle school counselor. I mean, you really don't know what you're going to get when you're in the middle school.
0: <laughs> As a counselor or a teacher, you just don't. Right. It's different. It's yeah. different every day. How can they find you on social media? And also, how can they purchase this awesome book?
2: Uh, well, it's really easy. Um, whereas Aska is schoolcounselor.org, I'm schoolcounselor.com. So just go to my website. And uh, you'll find uh, not only some info on this book, but I published a book in 2019 also, you see it right behind Mm me, uh, called School Counselor Side Hustle, which is uh, really doing well and it's been a lot of fun. Oh, wow,
0: I love it. As an educator, we all know about those side side hustles. Definitely know about that. Dr. Sabella, thank you so much for being on and sharing your wisdom, your advice, your experiences. We really appreciate you, thank you.
2: Oh, my pleasure, appreciate you. Thank you,
0: Michael. (laughs) You're welcome, we'll be right back. Next, we have Ramon Morata. Don't you go away, we'll be right back.
3: I'm just not college material. I am tired of school. I'm just not sure what I want to do after graduation. Sound familiar? Welcome to the Prelo Educational Institute. Our focus is to help young people prepare for life after high school. It's never too early to start planting the seed for education, career, and life overall. The Prelo Educational Institute is made up of the following two products. The first product is the book titled, I Ain't Going to College, A Guide for Life After High School. This is the first book of a series that introduces middle and high school students to a young man struggling to find his way and make the decision about whether attending college is the right choice for him or not. The book has questions inside and a supplemental curriculum can also be purchased. The newest product from the Prelo Educational Institute is our online course titled, Preparing for Life After High School. In this course, students will learn about decision-making, self-confidence, accountability, self-awareness, and many other topics that speak to social-emotional learning. Young people will read a story about a young man who never gave up, no matter what the circumstances were. The course is interactive and has questions, quizzes, and video. Do not wait until your child or student is a senior in high school to start planning. Enroll today. To enroll and learn more, please visit www.SpeakerAuthorMarlow.com Need a little motivation?
0: Timothy Clifton is with us every week on Mondays to get your week started with a little motivation. All here on the Michael Finkley Show. show now our next guest now he has a very creative side he's going to talk about that more in his own words he is founder and chief brand officer of paranta design he's also my dear fraternity brother and he believes in a goal is to help you succeed in your business he is none other than ramon paranta
1: hello hey greetings greetings my brother thank Thank you. you
0: Yes. Yes,
1: it is. And all yes. who abide within. <laughs>
0: oh, I miss it. Oh, it so much. How are you, bro?
1: I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm, I'm excited to be here and be on your show. And hopefully, we can say something, a word or two that might inspire someone tonight.
0: Of course. Of course. Definitely. And that is the ultimate goal. So let's start right into it. Ramon, when did you learn that you had a creative side, and how did you embrace that?
1: I was in the second grade, mm-hmm. okay, and and I remember my my teacher called me to the front of the class, and she said, "Draw! I want you to draw that that image from this other boy's sweatshirt." It was a URI Rams fan, you know. I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. So uh, I hear it. My friend Dwayne, he had he had a sweatshirt on, and it said it had a URI Ram logo on it, and my teacher had me draw it from his shirt onto a piece of paper in front of the class. And I remember her taking the paper and then running across the hall and showing it to her coworker. And I just heard them cackling in the hallway and laughing. And, and I put such a smile on her face by drawing something. I, I guess she had seen me drawing on my desk and drawing on my papers. Right. And so she asked me to draw something. And that some, that summer, the school invited me back to, to paint murals or help paint murals with some other students in the cafeteria. Mm-hmm. And so being selected for that kind of started me on this path of like, wow, I, I can, I can do something special. So I really felt like I had a gift from that early on.
0: Wow. And how did you explore that gift even more as time went on?
1: Uh, I, I was fortunate enough to benefit from some, uh, you know, after school inner city programs. Uh, my parents both worked in factories and, uh, they put me in some of these programs where they they, they gave me a camera, you know, they they, they had me write poetry. You know, I, I just got more, I was always into the creative side. I, I, uh, I was really into comic books. I was really into coloring books. Uh, I, I did a lot of uh, imagination type play. Like I, I used to like the little Hot Wheels cars and the Matchbox cars, and I could just play like inventing you know uh, scenes in my mind you know as a kid and I and I just continue to pursue it all the way into high school um my my uh my my art art teacher in high school um told me about a program at RISD and RISD Mm -hmm. is a Rhode Island School of Design it's a very nationally you know it's a renowned school and they had a program there and again I benefited from this program as a as a low-income student, um, they had an after-school program that would help prepare my portfolio for college. And so at the time I was working as a mechanic at my dad's garage, fixing cars and fixing flats and, and getting my hands dirty, but I knew I wanted to do something else. I want I had a gift. And and at RISD, I got to hang out in the museum around all these masterpieces of art and It was just awe-inspiring. You know, that set me on a path of like, wow, I could actually, it opened my eyes that I could actually do this for a living.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. And so as time went on and you began to express that creative side of yourself even more, what jobs and positions led to you
1: wanting to say,
0: hmm, I can do this for myself?
1: Right. Well, I don't really know where to start, but I think the most inspiring piece would be that Things didn't go as planned, but things went according to God's plan. I'm just going to put it that way because I wanted, I had this romantic fantasy that I was going to wander the streets of New York City with a, with a canvas and, and have gallery shows like Basquiat, you know, like that's the kind of art I wanted to do. I I actually have a bachelor of fine arts in visual arts. Mm -hmm. What happened was I met my wife in college. Uh, She became pregnant. We had our first child. Uh, and, and we got married shortly after graduating college. So I immediately had to get into the workforce and, and yeah. get into uh, the grind. And so I went into commercial art. I got my first job at a newspaper, um, you know, design, uh, laying out the, the sports section and, and really not very glamorous work, but it, was, but it was in the production world. It was in the newspaper business. And and over the course of a few years, I, I worked my way up to where I was illustrating and drawing and designing uh, the business section or the money section, and, and I really got to like hone in on my design skills and my drawing skills um, in that environment. Um, but it wasn't paying well, and so I, I was chasing the paper, and I went into I went into more into advertising, and I went into direct marketing. So um, you know the junk mail you get in the in the mail that you throw out like. Yeah. Yeah. So that I ended up designing that kind of stuff uh, wasn't very glamorous, but I learned that it doesn't need to look pretty to make people act and, and make people take action. And so I really started getting more into the psychology of copywriting and, and layout and, and, and um, you know, how how things that look official are more likely to be opened. And, and so I, I got more into the psychology, um, but it wasn't really what I wanted to do. It wasn't very fulfilling. Um, and in the design world, like many other industries, I would say they're incestuous, meaning that if you know a good designer and you go somewhere else, you, you, you bring that designer with you, or if you know a good, you know, uh, engineer, you bring that engineer with you. So there were designers that were gravitating around this inventor. His name was Jay Walker. And, and some of my friends said, Hey, there's something going on here. We want you to come here and help. And I went and joined that team. And that actually was a team that was behind Priceline. Priceline.com. Yeah. Wow. Well, is was right. So this is 1998 and, and, uh, the internet was just kind of starting up yeah. and, and, uh, and I got to work on the team behind Priceline and, uh, and, you know, that this is where life took a turn because life, life taken many, many turns, but in this, in this case in particular, I felt like I missed out on an opportunity to get rich with Priceline because a lot of people got stock options that were working there longer than me and were working there as a full-time, and I was working there as a consultant. So those listening, you know, like if you're an employee versus being a consultant, you get different benefits from that. You know, some people are paid hourly and some people get the full benefits. Well, I, I was getting paid hourly, so I didn't qualify for like the big stock options when, when the company went public. So uh, a lot of people became millionaires overnight, and I got this idea that hey, I can see, I can see how this could happen again, you know. And 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 Jay Walker, you know, he taught me a whole lot. Um, he he said, hey, I got all these other ideas, and we're going to ter- try to turn those into companies. And so I ended up working at Walker Digital, which was what we call an incubator. It basically created companies, and we tried to create. Other price lines, Um, and I and I was the creative director there, and so I really got into this idea of like, how do you take an idea and turn it into a company? You know, how do you do the branding? How do you do the messaging? How do you do the customer experience? And and how do you how do you position it to be sold or to be bought or to be invested in? And I did this for ten years, Um, and in two thousand. And now, mind you, I'm I don't know if you if you're like me, but when you're chasing something and you think you're gonna get something. You know, you're going and you're yeah. working. Yes, sir. I, and and you're and, and I was living beyond my means. I, I was expecting a windfall. I was, I was excited. I, w- I was like, hey, you want one of these things is going to take off. And then in, in 2008, the market crashed. You know, the economy tanked and everybody got laid off at Walker Digital, including myself. Wow. So the dream that I was going to, you know, hit it big on one of these ideas, you know, came crashing down. And um, I got a six month severance package Mm -hmm. Um, and I I did some soul searching. I said, God, you know, if if you, if you want me to sell my house, you want me to sell my cars, I'll do whatever I got to do, but I'm trusting you that, that this is my path. Cause I, I honestly was trying to find a job and I couldn't find a job. And so I had the six month severance package. I started working at home. I started doing little freelance jobs. I started doing little projects for people. And, 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 and I'll pause here because I, I was, I was actually satisfied with, with that. Like I didn't really see God saw so much further than I could see, but I only saw what was in front of me. And I was, and I was satisfied with that. I didn't, I, you know, and, 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 um, and I, and so I worked from home for, for almost a year, you know, doing small projects. Um, and I got an opportunity uh, from a referral from my old boss. So you don't want to burn bridges. So my old boss, That's all right. Right. Yeah. So he referred he referred me a, a job and, and the client was in Dallas and the, and it was a, a rebranding project. So it was a law firm and they they wanted a new logo and a and, and new stationery and all that. And it was right up my alley. Hmm. And so uh, I did the job and then he he said, hey, I'm coming to visit Jay in Stanford, Connecticut. And he goes, I, I want to come up and see your your facility, your ad agency. You know, and here I was. <laughs> exactly. That's that was the look on my oh, face. Really? Yeah. Exactly. So so I had to scramble and say, you know, I can't I can't meet this gentleman in my house. I don't want to meet him at a Starbucks. I've got to be professional. And so I ended up finding um, a, a, one of those pre furnished offices where you can go there and, and, you know, use an office space, you know, per- periodically. So I, I got it. I got the smallest deal. It was like two hundred dollars a month and I could use an office five days a month. And, uh, and I, and I waited for him. I was, I went in, I, I, I had the receptionist practice my name. Um, I had pictures on my desk, you know, I, I, I got dressed up and, and the gentleman called me that afternoon, five 30 in the afternoon. He said, I'm not going to make it. You know, he said, I can't, (laughs) he says, I can't make it. I'm going to miss my flight. I'm still here, but I'll catch you next time. And here I was, I had this contract after all of that. I had, yeah, I had this, so I had the contract and, uh, and so I ended up using the office. So, you know, uh, once a week I would go into the office and I would bring in my computer and I was set up and, and, you know, the, the place had like a little waiting room. It had a receptionist. It had a call. It had a kitchenette and it gave me the feeling. It got me out of the house and it gave me the feeling of like, Hey, I could, I kind of have for that one day, I kind of had an agency, right? You know, and, and and whenever I wanted, whenever clients want to meet with me, I would tell them, I say, I'm, I'm totally booked, but I can meet you on Wednesday, you know, whatever day I would be in the office, I'd say, that's the day I can, I can meet you because it was more impressive to meet them there.
0: Exactly.
1: And, right. And then I started getting like uh, bigger jobs and I started having to hire help. And then I brought the help in with me. And and that's kind of how it started. And, then, you know, pretty soon from there, I ended up finding, uh, I ended up subleasing some space. And that was 13 years ago, man. I, it's, been a, it's been a hell of a journey. And now uh, I have an office in Florida. I have an uh, office in here in Connecticut. I have eight employees. We're doing a tremendous amount of business. And, and uh, you know, that worst thing that happened to me turned out to be the best thing that happened to me because I, I've never been happier than I am right now. I'm living my purpose. I'm living my dream. And I, and I love helping other business owners launch their brands, which is what we do. Our slogan is we launch brands. And I, and I absolutely love what I do.
0: And that is amazing. And that is amazing. And I love the way you said that you're living in your dream, right? Yes. You're living your dream, you're living out your passion. Yes. So now that you have this dream that you're living out, yes. Oprah said it best. She said, now we <laughs> get we
1: get to dream a bigger dream. Ramon, yes. what is your bigger dream? My bigger dream now is I I want to plan my next ten years. I wanna I want to plan my exit strategy. You know I have built a business. I built a team. I want to nurture my team so that so that they can take over the business if they want to. That we can be positioned to sell the business if we want to. But I want to I want to go back to painting. I, I'm writing a book. I want to. I want to travel with my wife. You know. Uh, I. I want to. I want to. You know. Jeff Bezos recently stepped down, and and people were wondering why. And it's like, well, he can. Mm-hmm. He. 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 This. This. This guy made a hundred billion dollars. Amazon made a hundred billion dollars in a quarter. Right. In a quarter, and he's stepping down to do other things. It's what you do when. So I want. I want to begin to think about. Um, The next 10 years and when I can step down and and I can do other things, you know, so that's my that's my bigger dream, but I'm still in growth mode. I have a great team. Um, We're we're building a tremendous business. We're helping other people uh, launch their businesses. So that's so rewarding to me, especially when I get to work with uh, black and brown uh, business owners that that maybe haven't had the opportunities uh, or didn't inherit a business or didn't inherit a fortune. And they're trying to bootstrap something and, and we can help them come up with strategies on how to get uh, how to build some legacy in their families. That's amazing.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Oh, this is amazing. And so you talk a little bit about what your company does. Can you go a little bit more in, in detail as yes. to your services in your company? Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, so we launched brands. So if you think of it as a rocket, we, we focus on three areas. The tip of the rocket is the branding. That's where we, we come up with your color palette, your logo design, your, you know, your messaging, um, the look and feel of your collateral, um, the voice of your company. That's, that's what people see. So that's in the front. Then the body, the hull of the ship, if you will, is the web development, the functionality. If you have a company where you're accepting applications or you're processing forms or your your people are signing up for a service, you know, we want that website to operate for you 24 hours a day. So that website should work on mobile and tablets and all that. So we focus, uh, you know, a big chunk of our business on on web development. We have an in-house team that that can custom web build, custom develop any kind of software. Um, We're working on a project now for Dr. Scholl's, okay, where we're redesigning their kiosks. Five thousand kiosks, we're design we're redesigning that experience. So amazing. we're doing some, some amazing work. And then the third piece is the digital marketing. So that's that we that if you think of it as that rocket again, those are your thrusters because once you launch, you know, you, you need eyeballs, you need to be seen, you need to convert, you need you need custom you need to go where your customers are. And we use digital marketing, whether it's on social media uh, on Google, paid advertising, organic advertising, you know, we really uh, can develop custom strategies to help people get awareness and get conversion and get sales and grow their businesses. And And if they're great businesses are in the business of helping others, and, and if we can help them help others, it makes our lives that much more rewarding.
0: Yes. <laughs> paying it forward, bro. We're paying it forward,
1: Absolutely.
0: What would you say to those creative artists, those designers, yes. as you were when you were going into the motions and getting where to where you are? Yes. What would you say to them that, that say, I want to be like Ramon?
1: I would say to them, just, just work with work with around teams and work with mentors, emulate others. If you have to work alone, look at what other look at what the big agencies are doing. Look at Pentagram, look at BBDO. Uh, look at some of these big advertising agencies and look at their work and, 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 you know, immerse yourself into the industry that you're working on. Okay. Because designers have a bad reputation for wanting to make things look pretty the way they want to make them look. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember that you're in the business of helping that business owner's business thrive. So if you're working for a, uh, you know, a flower shop, a florist, and they ask you to develop their branding and you're working in your silo as a freelancer, as many, many designers do, I would implore you to go to the library, go to a bookstore, go on Google and, and, and do market research, look at competitors, look at what you like, look at what you don't like, and then go in after you've immersed yourself in, in plants and flowers, then start designing. And so that that way you'll design something that's going to help them stand out amongst their competition. So, I would implore designers that love design and want to get paid for it to understand business as well, understand entrepreneurship as well, understand finances as well. Don't just be a one-trick pony. You really want to be well-rounded, uh, and so you can understand. You know, you don't want to go broke either. You you know, we all want you, we all want to thrive and and succeed, and you want to price fairly want to have good business uh, acumen. So I would highly recommend uh, those creatives out there. You know, if you, if you feel like, look, I, I still paint, you know, like if when I go on vacation, I end up doing a painting or two and that, and, and so it, we, we have that creative, you know, we, we, we need to feed that beast. We need to like create and draw and write. Yeah. It, it may not be at your job. You know, your job may not be where you get that source, but Get it elsewhere, you know. Keep creating because when you tap into that—that that I, I call it the universe, some people call it higher power, God. There's yes. an un—yeah, yes. there there is an untapped yeah. resource of creativity out there. Yeah. And as artists, whether you're a musician or or a designer, a thinker, an inventor, we all tap into that. Mm-hmm. And and you have to be at peace. You have to be uh, open to that, to receiving that. And, and we all get in that zone. And, and, uh, and when you're in that zone, create, create, because that, that zone is very hard to get into. But when you're in it, you can really do some great stuff.
0: I love it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> How can they find you on social media?
1: Um, we're on uh, Instagram. at um, My personal Instagram is at Peralta Design. That's P-E-R-A-L-T-A-D-E-S-I-G-N. And uh, our, our company is at Peralta Design HQ. So it just has the HQ at the end headquarters. Um, we're on LinkedIn. We're on Facebook. Um, you know, be happy to connect with, with other, some of your listeners on LinkedIn out there. And uh, I put out videos called Brand New on IGTV. I've put out 65 videos so far. the are two-minute videos that teach you about branding and leadership and entrepreneurship they're totally free, so I would I would check those out as well. And uh, and we also have a podcast called Mission Control um, that you can find on uh, all the major platforms. It's spelled Mission Control, C T R L control. Um, and we and we bring on entrepreneurs and business owners um, that that hopefully can inspire others to to build their dreams and and launch their brands.
0: Amazing, amazing, amazing. We're paying it forward again. Love yes. it. Thank you so much, Ramon, for being on and chatting with us, giving us your wisdom, your words, and your knowledge. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. M6.
0: We're serving others here on the Michael Finkley Show. We have Tabitha James and Tavian Page. Next Finkley. Monday. Calling all trio gear up jack and other college readiness organization. Hello everybody, it's Finkley with the Finkley Experience. I am here to offer you information about our college readiness cohort series. This college readiness series includes college applications, SATACT prep, scholarships, financial aid, the mental mind state. HBCU versus PWI versus technical colleges, and so much more.
2: You know, this is helpful because it's actually like making me change my college plan. <laughs> really? If you're interested,
0: visit our website, thethinglyexperience.com, or just email us at michael at We're looking forward to working with you. Mm-hmm. Welcome back. What did you learn? Of- Let's have a conversation in the comments below. Thank you so much, Dr. Sabella. Thank you, Ramon, for being on today and sharing your stories of your own in your own words. And I really appreciate it. I know that I was truly inspired by it, encouraged by it to continue to move on and work towards my future goals of owning my own. So thank you so much for your words, your wisdom, and your knowledge. We really appreciate you. On the next Michael Finkley, y'all, we are celebrating love, uh, celebrating love here on the Michael Finkley Show. So, we have love coach Byron Jamal, and we also have marriage and couples counselor Molly Elizoff. And I'm telling you, they're giving us some awesome advice. You don't want to miss this show either. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel on The Michael Finkley Show and ring that bell for notification. We'll send you an email saying, hey, new content's uploaded. Remember to listen to us on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. And please visit our website at michaelfinkleyshow.com for more information about what we're doing. So guess what, y'all? We'll see you Friday. Have a good one.